640 Toronto presents Think Tank, the breaking stories you care about. Please tell me. Okay, I'll tell you. The backstories you don't know yet. That's my question. Facts and opinions that get you through your day. You never know what you're going to get. And now let's meet the guests. Uh, we're happy to have Stephanie Smythe on, broadcaster extraordinaire. She's run major news operations and even some minor ones, Steph. I think that's fair to say. It depends on the day, right? And who's in? <laughs> Uh, that's right. That's right. You run the show. And Mark Saunders, a showrunner himself, uh, former chief of police for the city of Toronto, uh, joins us now on Toronto Today. When last I, I talked to you off air, you were you were just like you. I think you were finishing up Apple TV. It's it's great. You have a lot more free time than you had in April and May, Mark. I'm going to take the fifth on that. Oh, well, you, you can't do that in Canada. We don't have felonies and misdemeanors and Fifth yeah. Amendments and freedom of speech. Well, we don't have the First Amendment. Um, no, I, was, I was checking your knowledge on that. And by the way, I need, to have you use, I need you to have to use extraordinaire when you describe me, too. It's not fair stuff. To get stuff Former chief of police extraordinaire feels like uh, I don't want to be biased. I've got to be. You know me. I've got to be objective and play it uh, right up the middle. Um, we're into serious times right now. I know you both know that. So uh, we'll, we'll get going on the lifting. This was a couple hours ago when landing in Tel Aviv, Israel. I want to contrast what the president of the United States said with with what I, I think many are calling an early rush to judgment by the prime minister. Here's Joe Biden's comments from Tel Aviv just a couple hours ago about the hospital bombing, the large one in Gaza yesterday that just was this mass human tragedy. Here's what Joe Biden said. Deeply sad and outraged by the uh, explosion at the hospital in Gaza yesterday. And based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team, not, not you. But there's a lot of people out there not sure. So we got a lot. We got to overcome a lot of things. Okay, this hospital was bombed about two thirty Eastern time yesterday. Soon after, less than half an hour after, uh, at Parliament Hill, the Prime Minister of Canada said this. The, Here we go. Uh, news coming out of uh, of Gaza is uh, horrific yes. and absolutely unacceptable. Um, international humanitarian and and international law needs to be respected uh, in, in this and in all cases. There are rules around wars, and it's not acceptable. Okay, Steph, 500 people killed, many more injured. There's obviously four options. This was done on purpose by Israel, an accident by Israel, on purpose by Hamas, an accident by Hamas. There really isn't a fifth option. I'm not asking you to weigh in with so little evidence or even go where Joe Biden went. But there was a rush to judgment by the prime minister. He's being documented as the first world leader to basically say this was Israel. Is, is that a mistake on his part? I don't know that I hear that, to be honest, yeah. Greg. You know, I, I hear, you know, he's saying it's horrific, absolutely unacceptable. International law needs to be respected. Rules around war, this is not acceptable. I don't think, I don't know that that's a stinging indictment on, on Israel necessarily. I think it's just speaking about the atrocity period that is happening right now. If anything, you know, I, I, hearing Biden make a sports analogy, analogy, you know, saying it was the other team, that was more cringeworthy in my mind mm. uh, than anything I heard. I think also, you know, the prime minister weighing in, it, uh, I think the context was, I'm not entirely sure, correct me, but he might have been asked about it, right? And so when you're asked about it in the halls, you know, you've got to respond. And, um, you know, it, it, if that was the case, you know, he's just it's the whole situation that is is the problem that he is getting at there with, you know, the atrocity of this 
this conflict, mm. this war, period, raining down on a hospital, right? Uh, and since then, Biden has come out, you know, just after the, the other team comment, he has come out in that wartime cabinet meeting with uh, Netanyahu just this morning. You know, very, very strong, uh, standing strong, united with Israel still with his most recent statements. Yeah. Mark, do you view it? I think Steph made some great points there. Do you view it and, and think if you're the prime minister, you better clarify. I think it's getting construed one way. And I'll admit I'm construing it one way because I think we think Israel is supposed to follow international law because they're a country and a terrorist organization won't necessarily follow international law. Can I make that case? Yeah, you know, I, I think those comments have unfortunately fed an audience that was dying to have these comments made by one of the G7 leaders. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you are as good as the people that you're surrounded by. When you rush to these kinds of commentaries, not having a full understanding of how terrorists act using humans as shields, This is where it gets a little bit complicated. But the bigger picture is that we belong to the G7. So a couple of days ago, we were not part of a messaging. And I think they cutely called it the the quint. And then a couple of years ago, Canada was not again involved in the situation. And I think the U.S. sent a notice saying, oh, by the way, uh, we did this, but we'll notify you. If we're going to get off the kids table on a world platform, I don't think that these comments are going to help. And that's my bigger concern. We have to get off the kids' table when it comes to G7 issues, any issue, in order to be Canada. And and I just don't see us moving in the right direction. And, and Mark, let me follow that up with clearly both of us talked, uh, both of you talked with me on, on Think Tank probably five weeks ago and talked about the comments about India. And I understand it. He can, there's you, you, As you know, you can't jeopardize ongoing investigations. You were chief of police of Canada's biggest city. So you have to keep a lot of stuff under wraps. But that's just hanging out there in the global community. Student visas, visas for older people have been prevented from being gained by Canadian citizens in part or exclusively because of this comment. So it's it's got that danger that, like I said, that rush to judgment and not keeping things under wraps has its has its costs. Yeah, we, we could have done a lot better. And I, I agree with Stephanie so much on that sports analogy. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have the parts to call it right. So many people died as a result of this. This is horrific. So no gamemanship, put it on the table, there's clarity, because if there's no clarity, the wrong people are going to use it to feed their narrative. And we've got this digital platform to enhance so much more misinformation. That's the last thing we need during this situation. And Steph, I'll say as an aside, I mean, um, all three of us, let's hope, let's hope all three of us uh, get to 81 day and well beyond. Uh, but but let's also hope we uh, were of, of sound mind and body and we wouldn't use an analogy so bad in the public mm-hmm. eye. Um, but he was on a, an 11 hour flight. And and to be honest, we don't know. We don't know if he napped. I'm going to leave it at that. Right. Well, yeah. And then look, the comment and he's going to be speaking again this morning. Yeah. So. Uh, but the comments that he made, you know, post the, the other team comment were, you know, on paper and much more, you know, definitive and, and you know, of a worthy of a world leader that the world leader that he is. Yeah. And he is. Listen, I think we all agree, Mark, he's going to call Israel out in some context. He's there to show support, give them the right to defend himself. But he's also going to people are expecting him to make a humanitarian plea and say there has to be a fine line here. If you're if if you're going to be, as you said, at the big boys table, big girls table, you're going to have to allow some form of humanity, water, food, access out. and, And right now, a lot of those are lacking for the citizens of Gaza. 
Yeah, my my concern is that I I, I think that if we thought emotions were were not good, uh, things are going to turn in a much different way in the, in the days to come. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, let's talk about the protests, uh, Mark, and and I know we did last week with you. You gave us some great context uh, as former chief of police. Uh, we don't usually see embassies in Canada though, where the crowd volume, the tone, the chants—they um, were rather uh, aggressive last night. I'm sure you saw footage on the weekend. Steph did too of major European cities with tens of thousands of people in the street. It's a civil right. It's almost universally peaceful. No one would want to deny anyone's right to protest. But how even here, it just felt like law enforcement in London, England, for example, Paris, France, looked overwhelmed. What have you seen of the footage with your expertise that is is okay, or what concerns you? Listen, it starts out with Canada having that mosaic belief, because I've got to tell you, there is no way that X amount of cops can control X amount of thousands of people. But you have to make sure you create the environment so nothing goes bad. So in TPS's case, they're very good at dealing with protests. They are. They do over a thousand a year. And so when we talk about having the right intelligence that then gives you the right tools and the right resources and the right training, you have the better outcomes. And then on the other end of it, one of the measures is a liaison officer who usually speaks to the marshals. And if you have marshals that are attentive and are listening and are highly visible, from those optics, you can generally tell that the protest is going to go okay. And, and, and that seems to be the case with this right now. And usually it's that 1%, it, it's that drunk uncle that, that, mm. that, that, that tries to stir the pot, may not even have skin in the game on this, but uses it as a situation where there are a lot of cameras to magnify and, and, and try to create this great divide and do stupidness. But it gets controlled pretty easy and it gets suppressed. So a lot of moving parts, Greg, to make it mm. look the way that it does. Uh, it can turn at any moment. But right now, everyone seems to be playing nicely. I love that answer. And Steph, the, the co- framing the coverage even, you, you had tough decisions to make, I'm sure, during, during the Freedom Convoy because you had people saying, ah, I, I just don't feel like taking a second or third vaccine. And you had people... Try, speaking into microphones, trying to try the prime minister for treason and, and arrest him or hang him. So it, it, it brought all types, didn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's so important. Like The coverage is critical when you're looking at it from a media perspective. Right. And Mark uh, touched upon this is, you know, you're always looking for that moment. You're always looking for that shot of something that is a little bit out of control or suggesting, you know, conflict and trouble. And mm-hmm. what I find so incredible and, you know, in a way it gives me hope that these incredible protests around the world in the wake of what happened on October 7th have been largely peaceful and not, you know, there's not been that moment that things have just, you know, escalated out of control. There've been some tensions, but overall, you know, the people right now are out in the streets and they're protesting and their voices are, you know, they're letting off steam, but it, it's, uh, you know, almost effective, right? It's helping the situation one way or another, it appears from either side, right? Yeah. And, and so far peacefully, I just hope that as the conflict escalates, um, that the, the protests don't. Uh, and we'll get into some important city and household issues. But, Mark, I want to follow up if people didn't hear you last week for every officer that goes out, covers what happened at Young and Blur yesterday or is covering a protest at Nathan Phillips Square. Um, they get extra instruction, don't they, to be aware of potential danger, weapons, hate speech. It's it's asking a lot for uh, for a police officer to be ready for those things. 
Oh, no, absolutely. Listen, it, it, it's not a job for the faint of heart. And mm. uh, the better the intelligence, the better the outcomes. It, it, it's not easy. I can tell you that, uh, Craig, but uh, but they do it and they do it well. And, and that's when you're in the moment where emotions are high and people are looking at you and they're frothing from the mouth and they're yelling and screaming. You can't smile. You can't laugh. But you have to have this neutral face, because if you don't, mm. then that could be the starting point of craziness. So mm. a lot of moving parts, but, you know, yay to the TPS. And yes, I'm biased, but they do a really good job when it comes to these kinds of things. All right, let's move it on Think Tank. Stephanie Smythe is with us. Mark Saunders is with us. We're here for about another seven, eight minutes. So let's get into a few pressing issues with the city. Uh, Steph, Toronto unveiled its winter shelter plan yesterday. I want uh, you to hear Alejandro Bravo, who is front and center, revealing some of the details about it earlier on Toronto Today. A year ago, we weren't acknowledging that homelessness is an emergency in the city. Um, second, I could see, you know, the at the beginning of, of December, was a, a huge snowstorm coming, mm-hmm. and it was until it wasn't until the final hour um, that uh, a couple of counters and myself, counter Perch, counter Malik, um, worked to put pressure um, by you know saying that the board of health had to to speak up um, to to open a warming center, and it found people too late. Some people mm-hmm. were asleep outside not knowing there was a warming center just a couple of blocks down the road. Um, and that was that's in every part of the city. Steph, the last three months, the number is 9,102. That's the number of people, men and women, using Toronto's shelter system on an average night, and that's in the good weather. When you hear um, Councillor Bravo's comments, are there flaws in the plan, holes in the strategy? What do you hear? Well, I mean, I, I, I'd like to hear that they're lowering the threshold, right, with the temperature. Um, and that's a good sign. But look, they're all the city's already saying this isn't enough, right? They're mm-hmm. admitting right out of the gate. They're already turning away, what, 248 people a day from shelters. And that was in September. So and there's, you know, 180 new shelter spaces. That's that's what they're able to get thus far. But this problem is clearly um, going to continue. And I know that the city is looking to the feds and the province for more dollars. They're dealing with the asylum issue. They're dealing with, you know, mental health issues. Um, you know, many people still don't feel that safe in the shelters and in this plan, they're hoping to move beds closer together. You know, that's a concern for some people and the spread of disease. So, you know, is this a start? Well, I guess, you know, A, according to Council Bravo, they're talk- it's good because they're talking about it now and not in December. There, there are ideas here on the table. Is this going to deal with the issue? Well, it seems like it's just, it's just you know, it, it's positive, but it doesn't look like it's enough for what Toronto is facing. And, you know, you want to talk about a humanitarian issue in a city. Yeah. This is one that is not going away in Toronto. Mark Saunders, it was part of your platform, certainly running for mayor, is that we just have this revolving door. It's one thing, as Steph said, to have a warming center ready. It's one thing to give somebody a shelter bed for two nights. If we're not uplifting them, helping them with addiction problems, getting them back on 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 the right track to potentially even get a part time job, we're just we're just evolving the we're, we're we're devolving it as opposed to evolving it. Yeah, thanks, Greg. And you know what? Again, I kind of don't want to go through my stump speech again. But what's the big plan? How can City Hall declare a state of emergency on this particular issue? But I don't see the actions consistent with that narrative. There, there's a shortage. Number one, that shortage has, has happened from 40 years back. So this is a long time coming, not just last summer or last winter. Yet all of the solutions are: we need more money, 
Mm. And we need to cover the next couple of months. We're not going to win that way. And we're going to be wasting our taxpayers' dollars. So having that bigger picture, getting more units, making sure that from a bureaucracy perspective, the access to make that happen at City Hall from a processing piece is allowed from, a, from an affordable perspective, not just from building for the sake of building, but from an affordability perspective, involving private sector and all those other entities to make this work. When we've got the death rate increasing, when we've got that death rate having the highest level of toxicity of drugs, when we have mental health and disorder all factoring into this and not including the people that do not call for shelters because that number is going to be yeah, economically yeah. higher. So, so let's talk about the problem in a real way and, and not this very narrow vision, which always ends with, we need more money. Therefore, you know, what, what about, what about what Steph said? Because you, you, you were critical of the, uh, the current mayor when she was a candidate saying she probably wouldn't do enough in terms of going to the province, going to the federal government and making these issues prominent. Is she doing enough? Would you be doing more? Well, I, I don't know, and I'm not sure what she's doing. It's not a matter of going to the government. It's a matter of how you go to the government. It's a matter of putting on the research out to the public to let us know everything that you've done with this priority that is called a crisis, so that mm. the buy-in is from people right across the city, right across this province, and then saying, this is what we want to do collectively to fill in this gap that has not been looked after for 40 years. So again, we're just kicking the can a little bit slower, and, and I don't agree with that. All right, let's move to uh, inflation uh, and start with you, Stephanie. This one caught me. Inflation came in at 3.8% for September. It's getting better. It feels like the worst might be over. We all hope the interest rate hikes are as well. But I thought this comment from Christopher Freeland was interesting. I didn't think the federal government could influence banking policy, but here's what she said yesterday. For Canadians with mortgages who are stressed and feeling squeezed, I want you to know that you are entitled to options and flexibility from your financial institution. Our government will be closely monitoring compliance with these mortgage rules in the coming weeks. Are you curious about that, Steph? Would you would you want to know more about what the federal government can do? Because that's news to me that they can influence what RBC or the Bank of Montreal does with our mortgages. What? I'm like, wait, what? Did I just hear that? Okay. Uh, well, so what? I'm going to go into my bank, you know, next week and say, um, Christian Freeland says that you can give me, you know, I can work with you and I can get a better rate. So you can go back down to 1%, you know, free money, please. Um, you know, it's it's. I can't wait to hear what the banks say about this. You yeah. know, it's, I, it, it's totally not what I've ever, ever heard before. Uh, it, it, it does make me very curious what the government has in store for us. It, it sounds like it, I'm not exactly sure what I'm hearing here. Mark, uh, yeah, Mark, Mark, it feels like the door's open to not pay what the interest rate is. And I always thought that was the interest rate's going to be what the bank yeah. tells you it is. Are you curious as well? Like the, the two of us are. Oh, I, I didn't realize it was that simple. So I'm, I'm really excited about what tomorrow, what tomorrow brings. But I agree with Stephanie. When I when I heard that comment, I took a deep, deep inhale because mm. I'm waiting for what the next message is going to be because it's coming and she knows what it is going to be. And this has trickled in for a much, much bigger reason. And I want to see what that one is. 
All right, let's uh, let's move to this one because I don't walk in downtown Toronto as much as I used to, but I did yesterday. There was a problem with the subways around uh, St. Patrick's. It's another story, but I walked for an hour yesterday. And Mark, you're the law and order person here. Although I have seen I have seen Steph react to a less than stellar newscast uh, at times when she's been news director. So she's very law and order about that also. But Mark, everybody is texting and walking. They get right off the subway. They're texting and walking. They, they're they walking through intersections with cars turning left. They're texting. You're spotting this, right? You're private citizen Mark Saunders now. Please tell me you're seeing this. Uh, yes, I see it all the time. And not only that, it, it affects the, the witness pool. You know, you can commit a robbery and there could be 10 people in there that <laughs> no one even knows because everyone's too busy, <laughs> self-absorbed by the stupid screen. So it is horrible. But, but when you know introduce law to fix the problem from, from basically a, a grade school principal with, I don't know if it's Alma the Ultimate anymore, if there's some politically correct other animal, but when you invest in your safety, the, the first person that should invest is you and being aware of the circumstance, you know, look both ways before you cross so rudimentary and, you know, good intentions on trying to make it uh, a law. But boy, oh boy, we, we're regressing at a quick rate. Steph, my kids are now 17 and 15. They've stopped listening to me. I'm just a sheep herder with two adolescent teenage male sheep. It's terrible. But I beg them. The one thing I beg them to do, don't do this. You, you're going from point A to B, driving, walking, biking, whatever. Get off your phone. It's so funny. I was walking downtown yesterday too, Greg. Yeah. And I was, I was guilty as charged. And I... Honestly, it, I'm terrible, and my husband's always trying to get me to stop. <laughs> I, I, the truth is, and I, this is a true story, I was at Shocking, the LCBO, a couple years ago, believe it or not. I was, it ran in to grab something, ran out, but I was on my phone, and I got in the car, and you know, I was looking at the phone as I got in the car, <laughs> sat down, and I sat down. And I looked at the guy behind the wheel, and it was not my husband. It was somebody else's car. It's, got, it's gotten that bad, has it? I mean, you know, I, uh, I everybody needs a date night once in a while, Steph. But good heavens, that's a that's yeah. a heck of a step to take to get in other people's yeah. cars at that point. I'm ashamed of myself. That's because I was texting and walking. I'm trying to get better every day, but that is a true story, and I am not proud of myself. So, Mark, Mark, yeah. back to our initial conversation. Is that a felony or misdemeanor to get in somebody's car while texting and walking and say, hi, nice to meet you? I don't know. I have no idea. I just think Steph's got some explaining to do. I right? think so, yeah. And and I think her husband should follow the news cycle a little uh, a little bit better. What's he? Get on that phone, Paul. Come on. <laughs> Um, Loved having you guys on. I'm fresh out of time. Really enjoyed it. You guys bring so much, and we thank you for it. Our audience loves it. We can tell by the messages. Thank you for this, and have a great Wednesday. Great to talk to you guys. Bye.